She said, I see this woman in the mirror crystal and it's not who I am. Mm. Like, I don't recognize her. She's so beautiful. I love her so much. It's like, I'm looking at myself, loving myself. And I feel so connected and my relationship with my fiance got better. It, I just feel so free. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I realized like I made for more. And she said, she's made for more. She's made for more. And everything just kind of came together. And I was like, we're all made for more. Hey, babe, welcome to the sales and social podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. I have Crystal here today, which I'm so excited about. We actually met in real life recently, mm-hmm. so it was great to hug her in real life. But Crystal, welcome to the show. I'd love for you to tell my audience who you are and what you do. So I am Crystal. I am so excited to be on the show. I am a breathwork uh, teacher. I'm an embodiment coach mentor. We have a certification program. We have masterminds. We have memberships all about embodying, connecting to the truest you so that you can rock the life that you're meant to rock. I love it. So I actually want to dive right into this because you and I actually met at an in-person event. So first of all, like, why is it so important for entrepreneurs to get in the freaking rooms? Oh, I love this question so much because there's a difference between doing it by yourself or thinking you have to do it by yourself and connecting with women who are on the ride with you, who are actually understanding the pain points, who are actually out there investing like you are that get it. We can try to do it by ourselves and try to communicate with people, but there's so much power in connection. There's so much power in being connected with people who are doing the things with you because they also get it at a different level. Yeah, they really do. I know Lindsay Schwartz, she made a comment on that at that event and I'll never forget it. She was like, congratulations, like you're weird. You're different than your friends. You're different than your neighbors. You're probably different than your siblings, right? And like, you need to be around the other people that are in like air quotes, weird because like Mm -hmm. people aren't going to actually get you. So I absolutely love that for, I love that for you. I love that for me. And I love that for us because it is so hard as we're going to try to do this on our own. Yeah. And the other thing that a room provides, it's a room provides like, I don't want to say the shortcut, but it provides a way for you to get there faster because I can sit here and think of all these great ideas. And then reality hits. I go out and talk to my siblings or my friends or people, and they're very, very happy in their corporate job. Mm -hmm. And that's something that like hit me hard when I remember being in my corporate job. And I had this conversation, Jillian, like if it happened yesterday, I still remember it. Mm -hmm. Telling my friend, we were in my living room and we were having a pool party. And I asked her, Hey, do you ever just want to leave teaching? 
And she looked at me with like the serious face. And she said, Crystal, I don't, I don't get you. She's like, and I'm not saying there's something wrong with you, but I'm not like you. She said, you, I don't think you were meant to be a teacher. I think there's another chapter of you that you need to discover because I am perfectly happy working for 35 years as a teacher and then retiring. She's like, but I don't think you are. Mm -hmm. She said, and I think you're looking for validation or permission. She, and she's like to do the thing that you want to do. She's like, but you're never going to get it from me because I I don't get it. Yeah, And I remember that that. conversation. Like she was so loving and I'll always remember this conversation, but I sat there and I cried after the conversation. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I just be happy? Like I have a career, I have the house, I have the the car, I have everything that my family has died for. Mm -hmm. I have it. Like I am the child who was able to accomplish this. Why am I still not happy? When you get in these rooms, these people understand because the validation that I was looking for in this friend or permission, I don't even know what I was looking for back then. I was just talking to her about it. I see it in every single woman in that room. They're out there chasing more. Yeah. So many things that you said there. One is I can remember so many of those conversations, right? It's like you're sitting around with your girlfriends or even like, you know, maybe siblings. And it's like, you, you're like bursting with these ideas mm-hmm. and it's like, you want to share them, right? Maybe you came back from an event and you're like, Oh yes. my God, let me tell you about this really great idea I had. And they just like, they just don't get you. And I remember my mentor, Chris Harder had said to me one time, you also have to remember that they weren't just in that room right? Like they weren't just at that event with you. I can remember I had gone to an event and it was like three days and I had come home and I, my boyfriend's name is Jason. And I was like, oh my God, babe, let me tell you about all these things. And I was so lit up and I was so excited. And I was like, so frustrated because Mm -hmm. he didn't get it. And I remember telling my mentor that, and he was like, you also have to remember that like, they weren't there. They didn't just experience it. They weren't in that energy. So while, yes, they think you're weird and they don't get it, like they're not experiencing it the same way that you are. So, yeah, I love that you said that. Yeah, it just it helps you find your people mm-hmm. because I can call you and have a completely different conversation about, hey, this month or this is what it looks like or I'm terrified to do this next thing. But I know it's what I have to do because that's the way that my dream is is heading towards and you'll get it. You'll understand the fear, but you'll also hold this space to be like, well, you know, we, we get to sit in the duality of both the fear and stepping into what scares us. But if I were to have this conversation with somebody who is not in the same field, they'll just say, well, then, well, why are you doing it? Right. Just give up. Like just take a nap. Yeah. Go back to teaching. Yeah. Yeah, and and which is an option I can, but am I going to be fully happy teaching? No, the answer is a thousand percent. No. Yeah. Yeah. I love these ideas. Yeah. I love one of the things that you talked about at the event because you were a guest speaker and I like literally Mm -hmm. fell in love with you. One of the things that you actually talked about was you knew that you were made for more. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now maybe are in a place that you were in where they were the one that was doing the things that their family wasn't. Or maybe they were the first one that graduated or the first one that had the job. And I loved your story of you were like, I was the one that made it. And then I still was searching for more and you almost like had the sense of guilt. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to walk my audience through that. Yeah. So my parents came here from Mexico and they left my grand, they left their entire family down in Mexico. They crossed here illegally. Mm -hmm. So they came through the mountains, like risked their entire life. They just came with the clothes that they had on their back. They end up getting here. They don't speak the language. They're basically living here hiding from immigration for 21 years until I found out that that they were here illegally. 
But during this time, I remember my dad having these conversations with me so often of like, hey, you know, you're our firstborn and we want you to have a better life. And that's what we came to from Mexico here. And I didn't grow up having cousins. I didn't grow up having aunts. Like I remember growing up in school and wondering like, why don't I have family? All my friends have family. Well, all my family was in Mexico and it was always my dad saying, Hey, well, you have to make it count. And I don't want you to work out doing the work that I do, but I never was told why I was just told like, you can do it. And these things, I was always encouraged. So I remember growing, I was like, okay, I was the first person in my entire bloodline to ever graduate middle school, like to do the the middle school graduation ceremony, the first one to do high school, the first one to do college, the first one to do a university. I have my credential with my master's degree. Like I kept going. Yeah. The first new car you said, the first one to drove a new car. Yeah. I was the first person to ever go to a dealership and get like a zero mile. It was like a BMW 335, I think back then. And I was like 19 years old. So I was like the first person to ever own a house under my name. Cause for before then we all, we had to move from like a place we rented here, we rented there. It was like a five bedroom house with a three car garage and a pool. So it was like a big deal for, I was 21 at that time getting a house. I was the youngest teacher in the district. I was the youngest one to ever sign a teaching contract. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going. So all these things, my parents were like, you're doing these amazing things. And you're who like, we're so proud of you. And as I was doing, Remember you more said your dad things, would introduce you as like the teacher. Yeah, he would, we would be at events and be like, this is my teacher. This is my teacher. <laughs> and I was so proud of that. Like, oh, I am a teacher. Like I'm a yeah, somebody. I love and that. for so long. That was like my title. But I realized like, especially coming from where we come from, My parents were seeking a career because a career meant a status. A status meant benefits. It meant insurance. It meant like all the things that they had always wanted their whole life. So that's how he would introduce me. Teacher, eventually at 21, they dropped this bomb on me. They said, hey, you know, we've been hiding from immigration for all these years. You're in charge of making sure that we can be here legally. I had to go through this entire process where I became the person who was in charge of them. I had to write a letter. I had to go through an immigration process saying that I was going to support them financially through my teaching. It was a whole thing. And now they're citizens and American citizens, which is like so cool to think back Amazing. about it. But going through this entire journey, I was the first person to do everything. And yet I still had this little pinch in my heart of like, what if there's more out there? And I felt so selfish mm-hmm. for wanting more I because I remember, yeah, I remember my mom saying, there's people that dream to have the house that you have. Mm-hmm. There's people in Mexico who would dream to have the AC room that you are in all day teaching with those kids. Like you've made it. Mm-hmm. And when they put that big, like you've made it on you, you're so, I felt ungrateful. I was like, God, I don't want to feel ungrateful. It's how you like, maybe there's more, but what if there is more? And I'm just sitting here in this classroom, like just letting everything pass me by. But then I would have those conversations with the other teachers. Yeah. And they're like, no, Crystal, you're good. Think about it. You're, you're tenured already. Mm-hmm. You can't get fired. You're, yeah. we have summers off, winters off, spring break off. Like there's so like, we literally get really good pay for what we do. Yeah. The kids love you. No, it's probably just ideas that you have. And it just kept being like that over and over. But that gut feeling kept getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And it started taking over me where I was like, no longer happy. I, it just took over my entire identity, that feeling Mm of what if there's more, but I'm not trusting that. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. So what happened that like, was that tipping point that you were like, okay, I need to follow 
this nudge. I need to follow this intuition because now we know it's May of 2023 and you're not a teacher. Mm -hmm. You're running a very successful, you know, a digital online business. So what happened and what kind of led you to that? So I was engaged and I remember sitting in the living room and it was right before Valentine's Day. And I was thinking to myself, am I happy? Like we, there's these wedding invitations out. People are invited to this wedding. Like this is literally the next step that everybody's waiting for me to get married, me to have kids and then live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were doing all the there. things, all the yeah. steps. All I was the checking it. I was a house, the car, this, the degrees. I was like, boom, like I'm tenured. I'm good. This is the, this is the next logical step. And I had been with my boyfriend at that time. I met him when I was 15 and now I was 23. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is not, I've been with him forever. And I was sitting there wondering like, am I happy? That was my, that was the thought that was in my mind. Am I happy? And I didn't know what that answer was. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really know what happiness was. And that scared me. Mm-hmm. And I made the decision. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be in this relationship. I don't think oh. I'm supposed to get married because I don't know if I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And I remember I waited for my fiance and I knew he knew that we weren't happy, but it was like what we knew. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we've already put the time in. We're yeah. been together for so long. The invitations are sent out. I yeah. get it. Yeah. So we had that conversation and it was one of the hardest conversations of my life. And I remember crying. I remember he cried, but I knew it had to be done. And this was two days before Valentine's day. I remember. And we ended it. For the next few months, I kind of wondered, like, did I mess up? Did I ruin my life? Did I ruin his life? And I started going into drinking. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to drink. I'll, I'll forget. I buzz. I get buzzed. I forget. It's all over. I, f- I feel good. Then eventually things, he went his way. I went my way and I got into a new relationship. And I realized the same feelings kept coming up. Am I happy? Mm-hmm. Am, am I good? And it was like, I'm going from one person to the other person with the same questions. Yeah. It was like, like, it was like patterns were repeating. Yeah. I was like, there's something wrong and with even like me. The same obviously. pattern of like, am I happy at work? Yeah. And I was like, there's obviously something wrong with me. So I went through a very nasty breakup with that human being. And I took on a lot of things to, of, I think I took on the failure of, I couldn't make one guy happy. So I have to make sure I do everything to make this guy happy, yep. which completely destroyed me. And I fell into the darkest path of my life. And then through there, I ended up going, I was like, you know what? I'm already this miserable. I remember that was the thought. I'm already this miserable. I'm just going to leave teaching. I'm going to leave everything. And I'm just going to figure, I mean, it's only going to get better from here, right? Or it could get worse. I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And I left teaching. And then from there, I started trying everything. I I remember I went to like a real estate conference. I went to this conference. I was going to all the events. hoping, Just trying to see like what fit. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not like the days are going by and I'm, I could sit here and be in my own misery or I could figure out what's going to happen. And I went through and I ended up finding breath work mm-hmm. and going through what I had gone through. Like I hadn't connected to anybody. I don't, I didn't talk to people. I was like, I don't want people to think I'm broken. I did breath work at a real estate conference with like about 90% men and 10% women. All these men are in this audience crying their eyes out. It's so powerful. You guys, if you guys have never done it, it's so powerful. Yeah. So I've seen her and I'm, I'm freaked out, Jillian. I'm like, what am I feeling? Why am I crying? Like, no, I'm not going to go there. And I turn around and I see all these men crying and it almost gave me the security of like, okay, if men are crying, maybe I can cry. And I sat yeah. back down 
And at the end of that session, I remember we all hugged, like men were hugging men, men were hugging women, women were hugging women. Like, but there was a unity in that room of, you know, we're all struggling. We all put on these faces, but there's all emotions that we can't run away from. Yeah. I chased down the instructor and I was like, what just happened? He just <laughs> laughed. And he's like, who I kind of told him a little, but my background he goes, you're a teacher. He's like, so you're looking for a logical answer. I was like, yes, yeah. I'm looking for the objective. I'm looking for yeah. the steps. I'm like, tell me what the steps, happened. Tell me the playbook. Yeah. I'm like, what happened? And he gave me his card. I ended up getting certified. Then I got certified through trauma. Then I got certified through breath work again. And I just kept getting my knowledge more and more. And then the teacher in me was like, I'm going to create my first program. Yeah. I put my program together. We launched it out. It was very, it had a really, really good turnout. Mm-hmm. The more and more that I did it, the more and more I fell in love with the process. Then we created a certification program, which is right now like what we're so excited. What it's like what we're so excited about all the time. But coaches come in now, get certified through breath work, and then they take it out into their own modalities, their own their own retreats, their own world. But it's literally expanding the knowledge of our trauma, how to dive into it, because. Whether we like it or not, we're all carrying it. Whether yeah. it's good trauma or bad trauma, we're all carrying it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we process it so it doesn't weigh us down mm-hmm. so that it allows us to get to where we're going? But that's what- and is that where the name She's Made For More came from? Yeah. So when I was when I was trying to figure out, like, what's good, well, what am I going to do? I remember that more feeling. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my friend, what if we're made for more? when I got through the program, I remember we were on our very last call and I asked, so what was that for you guys? Again, I've never done this before. And everybody was crying on the program. Everybody's like, Hey, I see this woman in the mirror and I'll never forget this testimonial. She said, I see this woman in the mirror crystal and it's not who I am. Hmm. Like, I don't recognize her. She's so beautiful. I love her so much. It's like, I'm looking at myself, loving myself, and I feel so connected in my relationship with my fiance got better. It, I just feel so free. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I realized like I made for more. And she said, she's made for more. She's made for more. And everything just kind of came together. And I was like, we're oh, all yeah. made for more, but it's not even like I made for more. She it's like, every time I step into my more, I give permission to somebody else to step into their more. So yeah. she's made for more. And it it's just the domino effect of all of us getting to own our more, whatever that more is. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I love it even more now that I know the story behind it. And I think the last thing that I really want to touch on is we talked about this even at the conference that you spoke on, but you also have an Instagram post on this too. And it's really about your past version and how we really should just be so proud of her. Because I think so many of us are like ashamed of like our past version, whatever that looks like trauma, guilt, whatever that is. But like, why is there so much power in being proud of our past version? Because that version got us here. Mm-hmm. Like that version struggled and survived and made it through what it made it. But without that version, we wouldn't be who we currently are. And I say this because in my when I was going through my darkest times, I remember thinking like, there's people that I hurt. There's, pe- there's things that I said mm-hmm. that in my anger, like I am not perfect and nobody is. I was like, and sometimes we were the bad person in somebody's story but regardless of what we did that person fought to get us here yeah it's so powerful it's literally so powerful so the people that are listening to this podcast that literally are just like me that heard you one time and were like oh my god I'm obsessed I need all of her in my life now where can they find you tell us about your podcast tell us what you have going on right now 
So my number one platform is Instagram. I live on Instagram. Now, currently I am pregnant. So there's some days that I take off. And she's so cute, by the way. I was like, I'm currently like in my first pregnancy. So I'm just learning to balance. Like some days I do take off, but for the most part, I'm on Instagram. Our podcast is called She Is Made For More podcast as well. We have the Instagram, she dot is made for more. And it's where we have all our, all like where we share all the news of what's happened in our community and where we encourage other women to step into their more. We celebrate women. We promote women on there. We just remind everybody that we're all mirrors of possibility for one another. Yeah, you guys, it's a beautiful community. You guys know there's nobody I don't bring on the show that I don't like massively edify. From the minute I met her at the event, I like heard her story and I literally got goosebumps and I was like, I want my audience to literally get to know her, follow her and fall in love with her as much as I did. So I'm so grateful that you were here. This is the last question that I ask everybody on the podcast because it is obviously a sales podcast is Mm -hmm. what makes you buy from somebody online? Their energy. Yeah. Thousand percent their energy. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, are. yeah. So, I mean, that you guys, we hear this, we hear this a lot. People say their energy and their authenticity. So this is such a great invitation, right? Go be you, go mm-hmm. be unapologetically you show up in your own energy, right? Like if you're hiding behind a mask or you're hiding behind your Instagram stories, like just be you and anything Crystal yeah. that you want to add to that, please do. You know what? I used to struggle with this so much because growing up Mexican, it's very hard to find somebody else in the coaching space that is Mexican, like very hard. And I would always think I have to speak a certain way. I have to sound a certain way. And it wasn't until about two years ago where I had this download that I'm like, if I'm looking for somebody who looks like me to give me permission to do what I have to do, I'm never going to find that person. It has to be me. And Mm -hmm. I started preaching that to my clients. And I remember there's a client who was a mom and she was in a, she was in some type of, car accident where she lost a tooth and she's like, financially, I just never replaced it. And then it just became a part of my thing. And she's like, and then I heard you say this crystal. And I was like, somebody out there in this world is missing a teeth. Like I am a tooth. And I am She's like, and she's literally waiting to raise the funds to put that tooth, to make her first post, to do all these things. She's like, so I'm going to make my post to remind her that somebody is waiting for you. That looks like you, that sounds like you, that moves like you, that acts like you to give them permission to do what they're doing. So when you say like, own you, all of you, it's truly a big, bold statement, but it's so powerful. It's now I have to remember, I have a little bit of an accent. I speak with a little bit of a sass. When I speak, even on my reels, people always say like, tell me you're Latina without telling me you're Latina. Cause I move, so, <laughs> cause I move my arms. So, or my hands, or I speak with my hands, but that's why people also relate to me. Yeah. So it's like being yeah. you, that's the only way that you will attract the people that are meant for you. Yeah, you guys, it, you guys hear me say this all the time on the podcast. Your energy is truly your magnetism. Yes. Like it really is. You guys know I literally look homeless 99% of the time. Crystal's lucky today. I washed my hair. It's like the first <laughs> time all month. This is like a rare occasion. But this is me also giving people permission to show up mm-hmm. messy, to show up with the ball cap on, to show up in sweats, to show up in what feels best for you because then other people will do it. So many people message me and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love that I can go on my coaching calls in a baseball hat. I love that I can come into your community without makeup on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give your people permission yeah. because guess what? Your people will be magnetized to you. Yes. I love yeah. it. Crystal, thank you so much for being on the show. I cannot wait to stay in each other's world and continue to support each other and virtually send you all the high fives. Likewise, it's truly an honor to get to be here with you. And I can't wait to continue to grow with you and see where life takes us. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.